This scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. I quote it almost all the time. When I write correspondence, I write this inside of the correspondence. And so this scripture comes from Philippians, which is in the New Testament. It's toward the back of the New Testament, so it's toward the end of your Bible. We're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Let's hear together what God has to say to us today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is God's word and we can trust it. Thanks be to God. Rejoice, the scripture says. Always, the scripture says. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we go about rejoicing? But before we talk about it, let's pray. God, thank you for being near to us always. We ask you to be near to us as we listen to your word today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are plenty of pressures and problems in this world. For some people, the holiday season is particularly troubling because of estrangement from family or deep malaise that comes over them. I've got a good friend whose mother died five years ago, and she still really feels her mother's absence at the holiday season, and so it can be a dark time for her. Last Saturday, one of my friends spent the day at a funeral for a mother and a young daughter who were hit by a dump truck and killed instantly in their car. It's a difficult season for that family and for many families who are grieving. Many of us are fighting deep injustices that are happening in the world and spend much of our time in daily reminders of what's going wrong and how many people are suffering. And some of us are facing personal trials that are difficult to cope with. I have stage four colon cancer. There's no stage five. Stage four means the cancer has spread in my body. It means I'll be on chemo for the rest of my life. It means that I am limited in ways that I didn't used to be limited. I'm no longer allowed to preach without shoes on. I preached without shoes on my whole career, and now I'm no longer allowed to because my feet are such a mess from all the chemo. I am limited in what I can do, and naps are a daily part of my life now. We all have plenty of reasons to consider any request that we rejoice to seem ludicrous. And yet there it is in scripture, staring us in the face. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. And I have to admit, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and I quote it all the time. It is the background scripture to my life. Perhaps because I realized that when Paul wrote this scripture, he wasn't on a spiritual mountain of a high. He wasn't in a good condition where everything was going peachy. He was in prison. He wrote the letter from a spiritual valley, not from a peak. He was writing the words of encouragement from a not light place. He was writing for us. His words are aimed at us and they are meant for us. And how do we begin? How do we begin to rejoice with the state of the world and the suffering that we see daily? And the answer is in the scripture itself. I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we've seen someone lose their cool. Something goes wrong, and the next thing you know, the person is asking for a manager and raising their voice a little bit too much based on the situation. Perhaps we've even been that person. There are a couple of places on the internet, specifically Reddit, that have stories of customers who lose their minds when something doesn't go entirely right. And I read those sometimes at night. That's why I continue to be so amazed at MD Anderson. There's a lot of seriously ill people wandering around MD Anderson. It's a huge facility that covers city blocks in Houston. The MD Anderson workers are really well trained to treat people as people instead of as numbers or as maladies. And still you can imagine in that large a facility with that many people, with something always running late and some lab mistakes always having been made, you would imagine that there would be a lot of people losing it at MD Anderson. There's a lot of reasons for people to lose it at MD Anderson. And yet you don't see it happening. You don't see people raising cane when something goes wrong. It could be because we're all too sick or too tired to care. It's more likely that there is an unwritten covenant between us. We're all facing life and death situations every day. And what's called for in those situations is gentleness and kindness and compassion. What's called for is what we hear in the scripture this morning. Let your gentleness be made known to everyone. Gentleness can go a long way toward calming a situation. And it can go a long way toward calming our own hearts. That doesn't mean that we don't try and solve the problem. It doesn't mean that we try and avoid situations. It just means that we don't vilify people as we try and solve a situation. The MD Anderson staff are trained to think creatively and to help patients solve problems. Running late at an appointment upstairs? How about we put a note in your chart so that the subsequent appointments know what's going on? How about we try and let you go to the cafeteria and get something to eat instead of waiting here for an hour? The staff are trained to use gentleness as a tool to help the situation and that automatically helps people involved in the situation. Gentleness goes a long way toward helping us rejoice. 
And when we show gentleness, not only to those we love, but to those we don't agree with, or perhaps have expectations of, we're using the scripture to its full advantage. Our gentleness is one of the keys to rejoicing in the Lord. The scripture goes on to say that the Lord is near. That's a huge help to remember, especially if you're grieving. Grief is not a straight line activity where you go through stages and then you're done. You go through stages for sure, but they're not on a straight line. They move in and out of your life in ways that can take your breath away, that can cause deep despair. Remembering that we are not alone in the midst of grief, that we are not alone in the midst of the justice work that causes grief is humbling and encouraging. We're reminded that God is with us, pursuing us with the hope that cannot be denied. That can give us strength to remember to keep going, to remember that the pain and the difficulty of the day is not the final word of the day. I read a daily devotional written by uh, United Church of Christ pastors. One of them, Rebecca Vocal, wrote a recent devotional that I'm going to share with you. She was talking about a Christmas morning in 1987 when she was in a Salvadoran village as a part of a delegation of North American Christians and Jews that were there working in the violence-torn country. She said they awakened disoriented to the ground shaking. Quickly, an older leader from the, com from the community came in to explain that the Salvadoran government was dropping bombs nearby to scare and intimidate them. He went on to tell them stories about his daughter and a dear friend and how they had been murdered by the government. After the story was over, he took a breath. And he said, do you know how I can tell which North Americans are going to last here with us? And no one could answer him, so he went on. I know that someone is going to last here when they know how to laugh how to sing, how to dance, how to experience joy. Because the work we're doing is so difficult. We have to claim the promise of how the world is going to be. We have to remember that God is near. We have to live into that promise. That's what our faith teaches us. When we remember that the Lord is near, we are remembering that God is writing the end of the story. I love the little amens that we're getting from this side. It's so beautiful. I like it when God enters a sermon like that. We're not at the end of the story yet. God is still with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. This morning scripture goes on to say that we should not worry about anything, but in everything with, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we should let our requests be made known to God. Our holiday of Thanksgiving is this week. Many of you are already thinking about what you will cook and with whom you will share the day. You all have been thinking about Thanksgiving for a while. In your announcement page, you have something about your stewardship campaign, Choose Your Money and Your Life. You've already been thinking about Thanksgiving and the ways that God has enabled you to give what a thankful thing to enter into this season. 
Many of us are thinking about Thanksgiving. Being grateful is a daily practice that can help us shape our lives into real and meaningful ways. It can change our outlook on life and create meaning in ways that can fight the chaos of our daily lives. My daughter's family has a practice of writing three things that they're grateful for each day in a gratitude journal. They get to read the other entries. It's a great way to start and continue a conversation. It's a fabulous way to train up a child in the way he should grow up. Giving thanks puts our head in a space of wholeness instead of in a place of defeat. It helps us to practice being spiritual beings in a material world. Even on the days when everything seems to be going wrong, there can be a reason to rejoice. I recently read a Facebook post of a friend whose day had started off really wrong. You know those days when you go out to start your car and it doesn't start? And you think, oh, I can tell what kind of day it's going to be. And she had one of those days where everything she touched seemed to go south. And in her, in her post on Facebook, she was honest about all those events that happened. But she matched them with a little squeak of celebration, naming the things that went right in the midst of everything going wrong. A neighbor that came to help with the car. A chance to sit and meditate while the car was being repaired. A rare chance that she doesn't get very often. Being able to recognize the gift that is brought in the moment and being grateful for it is not Pollyanna. That's right. Instead, it is a strong and sensible way to remain grounded in the God of love who is trying to remind us that we belong to God and are deeply loved by God. Being grateful is a pathway to wholeness. I used to work with a volunteer named Nancy. She worked at the clinic that was located at Parker Lane. She was a tall, thin woman who showed up with a smile and seemingly was genuinely pleased to be at the clinic, even though the clinic was a confusing place to work. She was the kind of person that you really want to be around. I made all kinds of assumptions about Nancy. She seemed pretty put together and was always in a good mood, so I assumed that life was easy for her. After I got to know her, I realized that that wasn't true. She was dealing with a serious illness of her own, and while she was volunteering with us, her adult daughter suddenly died. She was dealing with a lot of issues and a lot of grief. She was just doing it with a thanksgiving foot forward. And that made her attractive to others, although her intent wasn't to be available to others. Her intent was to be faithful and grateful. There's a reason we're drawn to people who practice gratitude. They have an easier time rejoicing in the Lord. And that's something we instinctively know is a good thing. The scripture also offers advice to us to pray. To pray constantly. To give our worries to God so that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding can guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a pathway to being active in the world and to turning over our worries of what is to come 
or what is happening to the God of all concerns. Prayer is a powerful way to participate in the world. It's not the only way to participate in the world, but it is a powerful way to participate. I pray daily for the world, especially California right now, for people who are hospitalized, for people who are recovering or who are living with chronic disease, for people who are left behind after suicide or violence, and for some special concerns every day. And then I have a list of people I pray for. I picture them in the presence of Christ, sometimes only for a moment or two. But as I work my way through the list, I'm reminded that I'm not alone in the work of the Lord. Prayer is one of the ways that we can turn our lives over to God fully and rejoice in the Lord. You guys already know that. You are a praying congregation. You have been praying for me for the past three years. And you've been sending me little reminders that you've been praying for me. That's a faithful long time to be praying for somebody. I've outlived my diagnosis now by two years. Yeah, I'm convinced. Makes me pretty happy too. I'm, con I'm convinced that that's because there are so many people participating in prayer. Prayer changes things. It changes us. It makes us more open to the presence of God in our lives. It helps us to rejoice. And when all of those things fail, when we can't seem to muster the energy to do any of those things, this morning's scripture leaves us with one more reminder. And here's what it says. It says, finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When all else fails, we can think about these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.